<laughs> Good morning, you guys. Good morning. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing real well. I got the Hurricane uh, fan gear on today because we are celebrating the Hurricanes moving on in the playoffs. And uh, good job for the Hurricanes and some other uh, NHL teams out there that are doing their best. But uh, here in North Carolina, we are saying, let's go Hurricanes. Hope you are wearing your gear as you tune in today to uh, this message. We're talking about getting in the game. It's a sports analogy. It's a sports theme. It's, it's all about what the Bible has to say about sports and, uh, and training and and uh, being a part of God's team and all those things. And so what happened is last week, we, uh, we talked about the fact that there are only uh, two kingdoms. We're talking about, one, the big picture is our play game, our game plan for uh, the, the series. Our game plan is to look at some of the big picture things, which is what we did last week, and we'll do again this week, and maybe one more week. And then we're gonna dig into the nuts and the bolts of what it means to be on God's team. So last week, what we said was there's, there's two teams and only two teams, right? So there's only the kingdom of God, team Jesus, who are called the gatherers, those who gather with Jesus, who are growing in Jesus, who are following Jesus. He is the head. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is the authority. And we all submit under him. And then there's the, the, the scatterers, which is team Satan, really. Team Satan is the captain. And there are all kinds of philosophies and teachings and religions and pretty much anything goes with team Satan and if you don't agree with team Satan in this world you are called a lot of different things okay you are not tolerant you are you are a bigot you are a racist you are not for equality because you stand for a set of morals that God has set for all of mankind and for the entire universe so if you're on Team God, you're going to be attacked because Team Satan basically says anything goes. And so there are only two teams. Remember that. There's only two teams. You're either on Team God or you are on Team Satan. Do not be deceived into thinking that you are on Team God if you're not. Be very careful. Here's today. Today, here's what we're going to talk about. In on Team God, Team God the, is the body of Christ. That's what Team God is. The body of Christ. When we say the body of Christ, we're talking about the church. We're talking about Christians, those who are truly Christian because they are followers of Jesus. They are all in with Jesus. They are walking with Jesus. The word of God is our, our compass, and the truth of God is what we follow, and anything that God says is good is good, and anything that God says is evil is evil. And there's, there's no other way about it. If you're on Team God, which is the body of Christ, which is the kingdom of God on the earth, which is the church, the true church, not just those who sit in a pew or who tune in to watch a sermon once a week. The church of God truly is those who are following Jesus with everything in them. And I hope and pray this morning you can look at your own life and say, I am on Team God team gods and there is no doubt about it the devil knows it and he's coming after me and i'm okay with that because greater is the power of god in me than the power of satan who is in this world there are only two teams today team god is the body of christ now i love 
There are a lot of good movies out there, but The Rookie is a really good movie. Remember The, the Rookie? Uh, uh, Dennis Quaid plays the, the Rookie. His name is uh, Jim Morris. And uh, he's, he's coaching a, a baseball team, which is really cool. And he's throwing the ball really, really hard. And he, he realizes that he's still got a good arm. And so he goes out for uh, the uh, majors, the MLB. And he makes it onto a team. And so he's on a farm club team. And um, he, he's, he's beginning, after a while of being on the road, away from his wife and his kid, he's beginning to question if he's doing the right thing or if he's just wasting his time. And so one night they're on the road uh, uh, traveling to a game and it's at night and he goes outside and he notices some uh, like lights, you know, like lights for a ball field, big stadium lights. And so he walks over to where the lights are and he's standing in the outfield of the, of the field and there's little kids, it's a little kids game, little league, maybe eight you little guys playing ball and they're throwing the ball around. They're just, they're just having a good time. And in that moment of watching those kids just have fun playing ball, his, his love for the game is rekindled. And the next morning, he comes into the locker room with this whole new attitude and this freshness of his, his demeanor is changed. He, he's feeling really good about what he's doing. And he walks up to one of his buddies who's standing in a mirror and he says to his buddy, do you know what we get to do today, Brooks? He says, we get to play baseball. We get to play baseball. It's not a job in his mind anymore. It's, it's not a, a, like a burden that he has to go and do. It's not a have to do. It's we get to play. We get to play baseball. I just love that scene in that movie because, because we are the church. We are the church of God. We are the body of Christ. And do you know what we get to do today as members of the body of Christ? We get to be on God's team. We get to be in God's kingdom. We get to be children of the king because Jesus came and bought us back and we've responded to his call. And we've been immersed into Jesus. Our sins are forgiven and we are now on God's team. We are members of the body of Christ. We get to play in God's kingdom today. That is so cool, that is so big. And by the way, God's team is the winning team. It's the winning team. We win the pennant every time, every year, forever and ever and ever and ever. We are on the winning team. We already have the victory. We already have the victory. We are on team God. We are part of the gatherers. And remember, the only other team are the scatterers. There's only these two teams. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul, gives us some really great insight as to what God's team is about. That's the, the body of Christ, right? The body of Christ. And in our passage of Scripture, we get to play. That's what we get to do. We get to play. And the, and the Scriptures that I want to look at are in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12. Probably the most uh, important passages of scripture about the body of Christ to the church or what God's team is all about. And this is important for us to, to read and to think about and to kind of understand. This is the basic understanding, the big picture view of God's team that we, we need to kind of get in our brains when we think about getting in the game. Because this is what the foundational truth of God's team is all about. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11, 
first part of that chapter, Paul is talking about the Spirit of God. He's talking about how the Spirit of God works and the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, God, through his Holy Spirit, gives to people different kinds of gifts. All are given by one Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit from God. He gives gifts to people, and to each member of the team is given a manifestation of the Spirit to, to each one, right? So every one of us, the Holy Spirit empowers us by his presence in our life to have a different spiritual gift from other people in our body, in the body of Christ, so that we all have something to contribute. And it's given for that very purpose, for the common good of the team. Now, this is huge. This is really important because Jesus came like 2,000 years ago. And we've been in the end times waiting for his return a second time for that long. And, and when you're in a period of time that long waiting, it's real easy as Christians, it seems like the older we get, the easier it is for us to take a back seat or a pew seat. And that's all we end up doing after a while is we're sitting in a pew listening to sermons, maybe having our prayer time, we're in Bible study, we're doing good things, but we are not involved in the kingdom work on the earth. We are always in the classroom learning about God, but we are never on the front lines serving God. And it's real easy for us to fall into that kind of rut. And I hope today that this message will, will stir us up a bit and push us out of our comfortable air-conditioned buildings or living rooms with COVID and get us involved in the game. We will get in the game somewhere. We will find our place. If never before, we will do it now. And if you did do it before, and now you've taken a sideline, that you will be determined to get involved in the game. Everyone here, everyone tuning in, listening, and that's here with us this morning, you have a spiritual gift, and your spiritual gift is connected to everyone else's. We are all connected together by the spirit that lives in us and the giftedness that he gives to each of us for each other. This is so important. It's never about me. Church isn't about me. Worship isn't about me. It's always about we. It's about we in the body of Christ. It's always about we. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 30, then Paul begins to zoom in on what the body of Christ is. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, he adds a little more teaching about the body of Christ. And so have your fingers in those spots. 1 Corinthians 12. I got my spots here. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. So have those two spots. There's not a lot of pages, you know, in between. But have those two spots so we can kind of move back and forth a little bit on these. We're going we're gonna to start here on, on 1 Corinthians 12. But here's the thing. There, and, and, and the other thing is there's, there's a lot of other key passages of Scripture. These aren't the only two in the Bible. Paul writes a lot about the church. In fact, 
Paul was called to write about the church in Ephesians, Colossians, Galatians. Lots of places in, in Paul's writings, he talks about the church. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks about the leadership in the church and the purpose for the leadership and the goal is to edify and to build up the body so that we'll all be busy serving in the kingdom of God. And great passage of scripture in Ephesians 4 that you need to read. And so there's other good scriptures, but these two in Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 are kind of the main passages when it comes to the body of Christ, these two, the body of Christ. So here's the thing I want to talk to you about. The body of Christ is God's team. That's what the body of Christ is. If you are on God's team, you are a part of the body of Christ. If you are truly a part of the body of Christ, then you are on God's team. They are one in the same. God's team is the church. God's team is the kingdom of God on this earth. And then Paul gives us in these two passages that we're going to kind of dissect a little, he gives us some truths about being on God's team, being a part of the body of Christ. And I want to share just three of those with you this morning, okay? Number one, first of all, when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to the church, right? The truth about the team, there is one body, but there are many members. Now, that's a pretty basic, simple understanding, right? There is one body, just one body. It's one individual body, the church, the body of Christ. But in that one body, which is Jesus as the head, there are everyone that's on the team is in the body of Christ. It's an easy concept, but it's also a complex concept. It's like in marriage, the two become one. They're still individuals, but they are now, their purpose in life, their goals in life, their, their movement in life is now about each other. It's about becoming one in God. God looks at the two and they are one. Both have personalities, both have interests, both have all these individual things, but they are now beginning to weave those together to become one. In the church, there are many members. There are many people that are followers of Jesus in the church of Jesus Christ, but we are one body, okay? Nationality, race, possessions, college degrees or careers do not play any part on God's team. Let me say that again. Your nationality, whatever you are, whatever color your skin, tribe, or nation you're from, whatever background you have come from, whatever possessions you may have, or whatever degrees you have in college, none of these play any part in being a player on God's team. None of them have anything to do with becoming a member of the body of Christ. None of them. Anybody in the world is welcome on God's team. Anybody, anybody can come and be a part of team God. In the kingdom of God, it is completely inclusive. Inclusive. Get it? Anyone and everyone is welcome. In fact, Jesus said to the, in the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't say of a certain group or a certain people. He said, go to all the world in fact, in Acts, says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, 
Anyone is welcome to be a part of Team God. Anybody. Right off the bat, anybody is welcome. Your friends, your neighbors, doesn't matter who they are, what they think, what they believe, doesn't matter. They can come and be a part of Team God if they want. Jesus also said, come to me, all you who are weary. The invitation is for anyone. John wrote and said, God so loved the world in John 3 that he what? He gave his only son that whoever, that whoever believes in him can have life, eternal life, anyone. And in the end of time, it will be people, when Jesus gathers the church, it will be, we already know, it's going to be people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. They're all going to be gathered together as God's people, God's team, God's body, his church, his kingdom on earth to inherit eternal life. And so here's the thing, God is God. And God makes the rules. God makes the rules. It's God who sets the boundaries, right? It's God who determines the truth, what truth is and what it isn't. It's God and his word. He is in complete authority over everything, and he has power over all things. And he alone is the only one who can call out what sin is and what corruption is. We, as Human beings made of the dirt of the ground. We are blessed because God knows best. And we have placed ourselves under the one who knows it all. That's team God. He is our captain. He is our authority. He is our Lord and Savior. He is everything. And, and we, as created beings, we adjust to his will. We adjust to him and not the other way around. We don't call the shots, he does. And we submit to his ways if we want on his team. Team Scatter, on the other hand, they don't want anything to do with God. They want to do it their way. And so they are in rebellion toward the ways of God, the creator of all things. See, the world would like you and me to think that the human beings, because we're the top of the food chain and we are the intellectual ones, we are the ones now who are in control. The world would like us to think that and that we get to set the standards or change the rules or set the guidelines or the boundaries. We get to determine the truth because we are the humans. We are at the top. And this is part of the mentality of the scattered who have been deceived into thinking they are something when they are not. Don't fall for that thinking in this world. And it creeps in against us in every direction, and it's coming in against our children to try to make them think that they are their own little gods. And they don't need anyone else out there to tell them what to do, including their parents or including somebody called God. Beware of what the world is trying to do. On Team Scattered, everyone gets to do whatever they want. That's so appealing, isn't it? I mean, pleasure is our center focus on Team Scattered. You can have whatever you want. You can be whoever you want to be. Nobody has the right to tell you any different. You can do what you want. Anything goes. 
on Team Scatter. For now, anything goes. But on Team God, on Team God, each of us play a, a part. Each of us play in Team God a small part in this grand theme or grand scheme of God's great kingdom that he is building. And it's God, it's God who decides what part you play. God is the one, his spirit is the one who determines the part you play. Verses 1 to 11 in 1 Corinthians 12 talked about that very thing. It's God who decides what part you get. Why? Why is it God? Why is it important to understand that it's God who decides your role and my role? And I'm up here preaching to you because God told me to do this. God has appointed me to do this and he's basically pushed me into doing this. This is not, this is not me running around when I was younger saying I want to be a preacher. I didn't even understand what that meant. I didn't even, I've never uttered those words. But, but when God got a hold of my life, I realized this is where God is leading me. And this is how God has somewhat gifted me, if I'll do the best I can and stay out of the way with it. But this is where God has put me. And my job is just be obedient to what God has said for me to do. And here's the reason, because in Romans, the scripture says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. Right? It's, it's all God. It's God who's doing anything. In you and in me and his people, he's the head, his spirit is in all of us, and he's the one who's doing it all. No one can boast. None of us can boast. I don't, I didn't bring about salvation. God did that. He invited me in. I answered the call. All I do is just see what he's doing and try to walk in it. That's what we do. We just walk in what God is doing. And we accept what he's doing. But it's all God. It's him. And he says, we all have different functions, but we are one body, one mission, and for one purpose. And that purpose is to glorify the captain of the team, God. Many, many parts. One body, one body, many parts. Now let's look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians about this. He says this, verse 12, just as the body, though one, has many parts, our physical body, right? Got fingers, got toes, got all these things. But all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all, we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many parts. And then in Romans, Paul says in verse 4, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So we, we are one body made up of many parts, and we all have different things in the body of Christ that we are to be doing. One body, many members, a, a, a whole kingdom of God's children, all as one working together for the common good of the body and for the glory of God, but each of us having different gifts, doing different things in the kingdom of God on the earth, all on God's team, all under God's leadership. That's so important that we understand that. We are one body with many members. Number two, the truth about the team, secondly, is this. Every part plays a part.
every part plays a part. Okay? We're going to do a little introspecting here with this point. Okay? Because the truth of the matter is this. If you are a Christian, if you are part of the body of Christ, if you are on God's team and you say to people, I am a Christian, I am on God's team, he is my Lord and my Savior. If you say that, now there are plenty of people out there who do not say that. They have not come to a place in their life where they have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, been immersed into him, forgiven of their sins, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and are on God's team. There's plenty of people out there who are not that. Some of those people are in rebellion against God, like, like directly and, and willingly, and others are just being carried away because they haven't really decided. But by their indecision, they are not on team God. They are on team scatter. They are on Satan's side because sin has separated them from the Father. So if you are on God's team and you claim to be on God's team, then this is the truth for you. Each, each one of us, every one of us has a work to do. We all have a work to do. When the Spirit came into your life, he brought with him a gift from above that you are supposed to figure out and discover and then begin to do for the common good of the body of Christ. There are no spectators. I've said this before. I will say it again. You're going to hear it all the time. There are no spectators. There are no fans in the kingdom of God. There's nobody standing around with pom-poms saying, go team, go. There is none of that. We can stand around and cheer each other on, but we also have a shovel in our hand or we have a pick in our hand or we have something in our hand that we are also doing the work for the kingdom of God. There are only followers of Jesus, disciples who are making disciples. That's all there is in the kingdom of God, workers, soldiers in the kingdom of God. And so I have to ask this question and I just need you to think about it. When was the last time you made a disciple. When was the last time you found somebody, talked to somebody, a complete stranger, and you helped them come to a relationship with Jesus? Now, I'm not saying that to shame anybody. I'm saying that because if we say we are part of the body of Christ, then this is what we are all supposed to be doing. Disciples. We became one. And our job now is to go make other disciples, help other people by the giftedness that God has put in us, that he uses this to build up the body, to glorify him, and to help other people become a disciple. When was the last time you made a disciple? I hope that you will be inspired by this to go out there and begin to look. And that's how this is going to begin, is simply by asking God to use you to impact people around you, to, to bring people into your life that you can share with them. And you can kind of like pour into their life the love of God and the knowledge of Christ that, that they'll want and come to understand who he is. And they'll begin to ask questions and you'll have a chance to talk to them. And you can gently, lovingly lead them to know the one who made us all and transfer them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, that, that's, that's why we live. When, when you do that, when that happens, when God brings that about in your life, you get to be a part of that. That is life-changing. You get to be a part of the greatest work on the planet. 
for the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 9, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus is talking about following him. And he calls a man to follow him. He just calls a man, come follow me. And the man has reasons why he can't. He makes up excuses why he cannot follow Jesus. And then Jesus said this. He said, no one, and this is, this is kind of in your face. Be ready. Brace yourself. Jesus says, no one, no one, no exceptions, no one who puts his hands to the plow and looks back or takes his hands off the plow and goes another direction is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You know, one day in the past, you gave your life to Christ. You said, I want to follow Jesus. I want him to be Lord and Savior. You were baptized into Jesus, came out of the water, a new creature, born again. And, and you walked with God and you were excited about that. And you, you put your hands to the plow. You were saying to God, God, I am all in with you. My hands are on the plow. My focus is forward. I am going to be about whatever it is, God, you want me to be about. Now, no one who does that and then takes a hand, two hands, or turns and looks a different direction is fit, Jesus says, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You can't be on God's team if you aren't working together with God. If you aren't letting God use you in this world. You can get on God's team through the grace and the mercy of Jesus. He did it all. By faith, in his grace, we are saved. But when you signed up, when you gave your life to Christ, you put your hands on the plow, you said, I'm going with you, God, all the way to the end. There's no room for retirement in the kingdom of God. There's no room for people to lay down their, their work or their giftedness or their job in the kingdom of God, their role, their spiritual uh, giftedness, and say, I'm going to go sit on the sideline and watch others do it. There is none of that in the kingdom of God. You are either in the work, in the kingdom, or you are not on God's team. That's the only two places you could be. There are only two kingdoms, and you're either working in the kingdom of God or you are not. And so we ask ourselves, what am I doing? Well, where am I in the kingdom of God? Because in the kingdom of God, you have a role to play. And your role is tightly connected to everyone else on the team. People are depending on you. God is depending on you as you are depending on him and on others. And it doesn't matter if you are a foot or a hand or a finger or an elbow or an ear. Each part each part, every member is equally important and equally valuable working as one, like this team, working as one, all these members rowing together. Could you imagine if they're all rowing in different places, they'd all be all tangled up and they'd go in circles and they'd probably sink. They have got to be working all as one, all as one. Each one a different part of the boat, each one with a different job to do. Some steering the boat, some empowering the boat, some guiding the boat, some calling out orders for the boat. Everyone, their job, and everyone working together as one. See, each one of us to be used for the glory of God and the team, the common good of the team. 
the body of Christ. We can't all play the same role. We, we can't all play the same role. If, if all of us, can you imagine if all of us were fingers, they used to have this ball that was a ball of just fingers sticking out like this. And, and if all of us were a finger or all of us were an eyeball or all of us were an ear, where, where would the rest of the body be? We wouldn't get anywhere. We couldn't see where we were going or hear a thing. We can't all be the same part. We all have different roles to play. And we don't get to choose our spot. God decides that. His spirit in us decides that. What we do is we pray and we ask God to help us discover what it is he's gifted us with, where he's working in our life. We, we talk to people and we, we think about where God has brought us and where we are today and where God's leading us. And all of that goes into the, the, the understanding of what God is doing and where he's leading my life and how he wants to use me in the body of Christ and it's possible to have multiple gifts. Some people are gifted with more than one gift, and that's totally fine. But I would say to you, use one gift as your primary gift. Focus on that gift and do that gift well. And there's a couple of reasons why we need to focus on one gift. If you're in the church and you're one of those people running around doing everything, you, you are a hero in a way, but you are also in the way. You are, you are not helping the cause by doing other people's jobs. Okay, people don't do their work for me or for you or for our leaders. They do it for God. They do it for the Lord. It's the Lord who will bless them. So, so get out of the way of that. If you're one of those people running around doing everything because others won't or for whatever reason you just like to serve, you like to be involved, Stop doing that. Focus on your one primary gift and do it well. You are hindering the work by trying to do it all. It's, it's part of the reason small churches stay small. It's because, and they don't grow, it's because you got a handful of people doing all the work and nobody else is allowed. And that's the second reason why why we need to find that one spot and focus on our one spot is because when we're doing everything else, we are actually robbing other people of stepping into their role. Others want to serve. Maybe they're being led to serve, but they don't even see a place to serve because everything's being covered. If you're doing it, others will not. They won't. Sometimes the best thing is to have it go undone for a while and let people begin to wonder why isn't that getting done? And then they begin to realize, well, why not me? I can do that. And, and you give, you create opportunities by not doing it all. I urge you, I urge you if you're listening in today, I urge you to find your work to do in the body of Christ, in the church, among the church, and in the community, in the world, that God is calling you to do, and I urge you, do it well. Do it as well as you can. Find that one spot that you can pour into a significant role. I'm not talking about changing the toilet paper. I'm not talking about washing the sinks. All those things need to be done. That is not your spiritual gift. Something significant in the kingdom that is going to build up the body of Christ and make disciples. Find it. Get busy in it. I urge you. Here you go. Scripture. In our two passages, in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, Paul says, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Still part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, 
Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed all the parts in the body, every one of them. It's God who determines these things, just as God wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but there are only one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that we are that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Whether you're an eye or an ear, whatever giftedness you have, if you serve with the children, or you're in the worship, or you're, you're teaching classes, you're, uh, you're going to the nursing home and, and helping people grow in their faith in Jesus, or you're in the soup kitchen, or you're wherever you are serving God, using your abilities and giftedness in Christ, all of those are equally important. What I do is no more important than cleaning the sinks or, or, or doing whatever else needs to be done in the body of Christ for the common good of the body. And then in Romans, or he goes on to say, now you are the body of Christ. This is later on in the passage. You are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. And God is placed in the church first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, Miracles, then gifts of healing, helping of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are, do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Now, he says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And so all these are different gifts. Some of the list of giftedness in the body of Christ. The ones we consider to be the more important ones, right? The prophets and the evangelists and the, the ones who uh, do all these healings and stuff. We, we, we kind of look up at them like they're more important than us. They're not. But he says eagerly, he says eagerly seek the greater gifts. And the greater gifts are not apostles, prophets, teachers, healings, tongues. These are not the greater gifts. The greater gifts is in chapter 13, which we all know if you've been to a wedding, is the love chapter. The greatest gift is love, faith, and hope, but the greatest of these is love. And so Paul says, in the body of Christ, whatever gift you have, let it be surrounded by the greater gifts, hope, faith, love. Let those gifts be the ones that we lift up because we all should have them. All of us that are part of God's team. And then in Romans chapter 12, he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. The grace given to each of us, that's how we have our gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. These are some more gifts. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to, to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to, in giving, then give generously. If it's in, to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully, right? what he says like this is how we're supposed to live our lives like walking moving 
and, and working together, each of us with our own giftedness, but every part playing their part. There are no pom-poms. There are no fans. There are no blowhorns. There are no nothing, whistles, telling the, the, the workers how awesome they are. There are only all of us working together in the body of Christ. Again, what are you doing? What part are you playing? What is your part in the parts of the body of Christ? There's all kinds of positions in the kingdom of God, different roles and different gifts. What is yours? Have you discovered it? Are you even looking for it? I hope you will after today. I hope it will begin to burn in your heart this desire to figure out where God wants to use you. Because when you figure that out, you begin to find your purpose on the planet and why God even created you to be here in the first place. And when you discover that, you are free to live in Christ. You're free to do what God has called you to do and he'll equip you and he'll provide for you and he will do everything he can to help you do what he's called you to do. But he needs you to figure it out. You need to work it out. Number three, when it comes to God's team, we rise and we fall together. Last thing right here, we rise and we fall together. Ever noticed in your body, like you got an ache in your neck? Pretty soon it's in your shoulder and your elbow. That's what I'm dealing with right now. It's all the way down my elbow. I went to, I, I, earlier in the season, coaching softball, I'm throwing a ball across the diamond just fine. Throwing pop flies to girls just fine. Everything's cool. Then one week I come in and I'm going to throw pop flies to a girl and I can't even throw the ball. It's like my whole shoulder is like gone. There's no power. And now it's my elbow and my shoulder and my neck. And, and it just one part suffers, all the other parts begin to suffer. You know how you notice that it is? Whether it's your legs and your hips or your knees or whatever it is. When one part starts to get weak, it affects and on the other hand, the good things too, if you're feeling good and healthy and strong and you're working out and you're exercising, and you're eating right and drinking right, you want to run a marathon. You're feeling really good. You're feeling good. You want to go. Well, the scripture says, here's what the scripture says. We are God's building. We are God's building. He is the architect and we are his building. Have you, have you ever seen an, an, an implosion? I was, uh, we were living down in Tampa, Florida when they imploded the old Sombrero, the stadium where the Bucks used to play and they built a Raymond James Stadium right next to it. But they imploded, and I was on my way to church on a Sunday. I saw something going on, and I thought, oh, wow, cool, something's going on. And, and they're imploding the stadium, or at least a big chunk of it. So I pull in the parking lot, and I'm watching. I got to see them implode this big part of the stadium. It's really cool. It's a real simple process, right? They take dynamite or explosives, and they put them on certain columns, the bigger columns, you don't have to put them on all the pieces, just on the major ones, and you blow that thing up. And when you blow up the main columns, the whole structure comes tumbling down, doesn't it? You've seen videos of this, you've seen it on YouTube, whatever. That's how you implode a building. You blow it up, and the whole building collapses. Why? Because it's all connected. It's all intertwined, it's connected. God has designed that in the church, each of us is attached to all the others. And what happens to one happens to all. There are no single member churches in the universe. There are no Lone Ranger Christians in this world. Not on God's team, there is none. And no, you cannot be a part 
or separated from the body of Christ all by yourself, all alone, just you and the woods. It doesn't work that way. God has not set it up that way. Yes, you can go off to the mountains, you can go off to the beach, and you go off to the woods, and you can talk to God and have a relationship with God and feel real close to God, but that is not your church. That is not what the kingdom or the body of Christ is about at all. If you believe that that's true, you have been deceived. You have been led astray in your thinking that you and God alone don't need anyone else. And that is so far from the truth. The devil has pulled you away and he is pouncing on you and you don't even realize it. The body of Christ, many members all working together. That is the only way God has set it up. The only way. We are. We are interlinked. We are intertwined. And we are in need of others because they are our eyes. They are our ears, they are our fingers, and they are our feet. And we, this is the part we don't get, we are theirs. Whatever they are, they need us, right? They need us to complete them, we need them to complete us. Like you should be depending on them to do their part. I'm counting on you to do your part for me, for the kingdom of God, for my part in the body, and they should be able to depend on you to do your part. And there's this dependency on each other in the body of Christ that must be there. It has to be there. It's the way God designed it to be. That we are dependent on each other. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Why? Because we are all connected. There's no one part out there by yourself doing your own thing. You and God, no one else. That's not even, doesn't even exist. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. See, that's the family of God. That's the body of Christ. That's the church, the kingdom. Romans 12. So in Christ, though, though many form one body and each member does what? We belong to all the others. We rise and we fall together. The body of Christ is God's team. The body of Christ. Only two teams. And God's team is the church. The kingdom of God on the earth, the body of Christ, God's team. So the question is, are you in the game and are you on God's team? Or... Are you on the sidelines on the other team? Because in God's team, everyone is working, serving, playing a position. If you're not working, serving, playing a position, then you are not on God's team. You are on the other team, and there are only two teams. There's only two teams to be on. Are you gathering with Jesus, growing in him, working together with the body of Christ to make disciples, or are you part of the scattered? Just doing your own thing out there, not really connected to anything or anyone. You're just on your own, doing your thing. Me and my little world. Have you, have you, oops, sorry. Have you given your life, the devil would like to distract us right now, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? 
Have you, like, surrendered to him? Said, God, I need you. I hope that you'll do that. You'll just surrender to Christ and let Jesus Christ be Lord and that your name then would be written on the roster of God's team. Your name, your number, and your position. All of those equally important, like who you are, what you're about, how you're gifted, and then what position you play on the team, on the roster. And now you're in the game, working together with the kingdom of God for the glory of God that others might come to know God and find life in Jesus. Are you all in? Are you all in with him? Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Get in a game and get on God's team. You do that by the surrendering of your will. You, can't, you aren't automatically on God's team. We are automatically, by our sins, separated from God. The only way back on is to accept what Jesus has done for us. Get in the game. God, please move in our lives. Draw us to you. Help us not only to be on your team, but to be actively working for the kingdom of God. Disciples making disciples. Part of the body, encouraging each other. Being dependable for others and depending on others for us. God, use us. Draw us close together, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. I hope... I hope uh, Things will go well for you this week. And I hope you'll be stirred to think about what we just talked about. Let's get busy. Let's get busy in the game. God bless you. Go Hurricanes!